Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. All right, so today my goal with this podcast is to keep things kind of brief for you guys. I want to do like a overview of nutritional periodization. So I was actually on the phone with a new client uh, this morning, actually, before you got into the office. And uh, I, I was basically asking her what her goals are, like, what, what does she want to achieve? And she was like, oh, I was listening to your podcast on nutritional periodization. And the way you explain the different processes of how you need to face in and out of dieting to make sure that you can sustain a result is like what triggered me. And you mentioned like, if this is you, reach out, like, let us help you. So I applied and I like one thought that was cool. So if anybody listening or watching this, like if you hear something that we are talking about today, uh, if you hear something and, and you know that it is either a very applicable to you or B might be applicable to you, but you're not doing it yet. Reach out to us, fill out the application. It's in the description, shoot us an email, ask us questions and I can help you. But at the end of the day, like periodization is very important. So my goal with this is a, it was on my mind. So I wanted to do a podcast on it today. Um, so I literally decided this this morning yeah. and then B when she said that I went back and listened to the podcast that I recorded. Um, and it was a really long time ago. It was episode 200 and like 13 or something like that, or maybe it was 233 or 232 uh, or something like that. 130 episodes ago. Exactly. So I was like, okay, so it's been a minute since we talked about this yeah. in, in an actual structured format. So rather than reposting the old podcast, I wanted to do kind of a brief overview of that. So today during this podcast, you're going to learn more about what periodization is, why it's important to you, who it's important for, and how you shift this between fat loss, maintenance, muscle growth, performance, um, kind of every category that you might need uh, this for. Um, and then last but not least, as always, guys, if you love this podcast, if you appreciate what you're, what you're doing, and if you find this podcast helpful in any way, shape, or form, please do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of the episode, head over to your Instagram, post it on your story, tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom. I want to share it on my story, and I want to thank you for listening because that is exactly how word of mouth expands, helps us grow this reach, and help more people around the world. So without any further ado, let's get on the podcast. All right, let's do it. So what is, uh, what is it? Nut yeah. Nutritional periodization. I think there's, it's kind of funny because like periodization is like a very, it sounds like a very complex word and yeah. it is uh, because if we think of periodization in the organic setting, it goes way back to even like um, Soviet strength training, like old, old Russian textbooks of like year long periodization plans for Olympic weightlifters and power lifters and stuff like that and sports and athletes. Um, and it's essentially how they accumulated volume and load over a year to be very methodical in order to get people strong as fuck yeah. <laughs> for lack of better terms. Yeah. It's the most methodical approach to program design. Um, then bodybuilding came to the scene and I think periodization kind of lost its steam in that realm because as long as you were doing volume, you're going to build muscle. If you're stressing the muscle, you're going to build muscle. Uh, but then more intelligent individuals came into the bodybuilding scene, uh, more evidence-based practitioners um, like myself or researchers literally 
kind of came in and started periodizing bodybuilding program and then showing even better results. So like periodization has always been this thing that's been around, but inside of nutrition, it's never been heavily focused on. Um, so I think it started getting more focused on inside of mainly inside of CrossFit um, because I think CrossFitters realized they needed to have a systematic approach to their nutrition and uh, people that were going to the games and stuff, they realized that throughout the year they needed different fuel demands. Like For sure. When you're in off-season versus in-season uh, versus pre-season versus post-season, your training volume and intensity is going up and down. It's wave-loading throughout the year, right? So as you're accumulating volume and you're accumulating more intensity and you're doing more work, you need more fuel. Um, as you back off, you need less fuel. But you also need uh, rejuvenation, essentially, yeah, of your uh, physiology, right? So like these CrossFitters would go to the games and they're accumulating volume – off-season, pre-season, and then into the games, they're doing crazy amounts of volume while they're there. So carbs are just like going up. Fats are like staying put or going down. Protein is there. Um, hydration is more focused. Sodium is more of a focus. Like we're almost just loading the body consistently as we increase volume. And then post-season, we deload, right? Volume drops a lot. And I don't coach CrossFitters on their training inside the games, but I do nutrition for a lot of those CrossFitters. Um, and as we get to the post-season training drops. So the need for glycogen and carbohydrates that drops, but our hormonal system and our nervous system is wrecked. Yeah. I mean, we just pushed our body to its maximum capacity. So at that point we have to introduce more fats to kind of repair these systems while keeping calories sufficient enough to recover, but keeping carbs low enough to just do what we need them to do um, while getting more fats, creating more flexibility. And the last thing I'll say about this is, is the shifting from high carb to high fat and going back and forth is going to improve your metabolic flexibility throughout the year. So your body's ability to utilize different energy sources and fuel sources yeah. as fuel or energy or for health. Um, so it kind of went into this realm. This is still kind of going into the history of periodization. But then from there, like I think more bodybuilders obviously started using it. I would actually say bodybuilders used it before, but they just didn't call it periodization. But essentially, off-season, you're eating more calories, trying to build. Um, as you go into prep, you cut calories, and then you reverse diet, so on and so forth. You're planning ahead of time for your diet. That's what periodization is. Absolutely. What I have – I won't say that I coined this or I brought this to the space um, because there's no way I did because periodization has been around forever. But I will say I absolutely helped in popularizing this. But this idea of – Nutritional periodization for general population. So what about the individuals who want to look like a bodybuilder or want to compete like a CrossFitter or just want to lose belly fat or just feel better and look better, but they're not getting on stage. Mm -hmm. They're not doing photo shoots. They're not uh, competing in the CrossFit games. What about them? Like people basically throw periodization out the window and they say, hey, here's an eight-week diet. Here's a 12-week diet. Get lean. You're done. Yeah. Whereas I came in and I'm like – how about we periodize this so you look better, you feel better, you don't suffer, you, you recover afterwards, um, you have flexibility in the process, so on and so forth. Um, so I think periodization is applicable for everybody. And, and really what periodization is, is planning. It's, it's a methodical approach to what your nutrition should look like to not only get the result, but to prepare your body for the result or for the process and getting to the result and to recover your body after the result happens. And to sustain the result. And to sustain the result yeah. as well. Um, that's got to be the sound bite for this podcast on the audio because that's like perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking out loud for everybody listening. But um, so that's what periodization is. Periodization is planning your diet. And, it, and it, there's, there's different phases of the diet. There's the pre-diet, the, during the diet, and then the post-diet. Um, and during this process, you are basically fluctuating what you are taking in and how you are uh, planning and preparing that and phasing that so that you can 
get the result, get the result safely and help. So you're not wrecking your hormones, wrecking your physiology. Um, and then you can, re- can recover from it. And like you said, yeah. you can actually sustain it afterwards. Um, so does that make sense? I mean, I think that's kind of yeah, like, you, you mentioned, you know, athletes, CrossFitters, bodybuilders, and also like, I think you just answered this question, but like, are they the only people that should be using or need periodization or nutritional periodization? Or, or like you said, people that just want to lose body fat or just want to lose, but can it, Everybody use it? Everybody. Yeah. I, I honestly think that everybody can use it. And I think it's – I think uh, the reason this is such a good question and a good thing for us to cover is because I think so many people essentially they, – they put periodization in this athletic box. Yeah. They assume that this is for athletes. It's for fighters. It's for CrossFitters. It's for bodybuilders. But realistically, it's for everybody. Like I want to get lean for summer. Okay, cool. How much time do you have? We have 20 weeks till summer. Okay, cool. Let's spend the next four to six weeks preparing your body for a diet. Then we'll spend 12 to 16 weeks dieting. And then after that, I'm going to reverse diet you so you can recover while maintaining that result throughout the summer. And then after the summer's done, we're going to push that up a little bit to maintenance so you can maybe gain a little bit of weight afterwards, like a couple pounds. So you're not like lean, lean like you were, but now you're really feeling good. You can focus on performance. It's fall, your shirt's staying on. And then we kind of spend some time maintaining until we're ready to gain. And then we can go through the process again. So it's almost like a cutting and bulking for a bodybuilder, but way smarter, way less dramatic as far as like huge weight swings. Yeah. Um, So who periodization is for inside of nutrition, everybody. And I would actually say general population people, you almost need to prioritize it more because it doesn't come to you naturally. Mm-hmm. Athletes, it's a given. Yeah, <laughs> You're doing some extreme shit. You better get ready for it. Um, gen pop, you kind of ignore it because you don't, you, you don't give yourself as much credit for what you're trying to accomplish, but dieting, training, life, work, all of these things are stressors on your body yeah. and you have to periodize your diet for yeah. it. You, you mentioned, like I, we just said about people that just want to lose a little bit of weight or get a little bit leaner. Can you explain periodizing for just fat loss? Yeah, so there's, there's two categories here. There's the yearly and the weekly slash monthly periodization. Yeah. So for yearly, we'll go with yearly first. The yearly is obviously, this is kind of like the macro side of things, the large scale. I think this doesn't have to be as methodical because you don't need to look at your year and decide, okay, Q1, I'm going to have this caloric intake. Q2, I'm going to have this caloric intake because uh, your calorie intake, your maintenance calories, your metabolism is a very adaptive and fluctuating process. Throughout the weeks, things change. Adjustments are made, so on and so forth. So it's not one of those things where I say like, okay, I'm going to create a deficit and I'm going to hit this many calories, this many carbs for Q1, then Q2, this, no. Like what it is, is I'm going to spend Q1 fat loss. January 1st, we're actually recording this on January 1st, January 1st, Q1, three months, 90 days, 12 weeks, I'm going to grind fat loss. That's it. Q2, maintenance. Yeah. Q3, maybe it's fat loss again because it's summer again. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe Q1 is maintenance. Maybe Q2 is fat loss. Maybe Q3 throughout summer is maintenance again. And then maybe Q4 is lean gains. So if you look at that process, it's almost perfect because Q1, we start with, okay, let's spend the first quarter chasing performance, chasing health, getting our body primed and ready from a metabolic, a hormonal, a physiological, a muscular standpoint. Priming, yeah. um, we're priming the body. Like we talk about, we're doing with our clients and it's actually, I mean, like literally Q1 is probably the perfect time for this because again, it's cold as shit. We're not taking our shirts off. We're 
we're naked in front of one person. I think they already love us. So it's like, and, and we're talking about spouses here, but like Q1, <laughs> Q1, if we think about it like that, we're, we're spending time priming our body. Q2 is fat loss. Q2 is spring. Yeah. Right. Which means that's grind time for summer. Yeah. So you have 12 weeks, 90 days again. Let's, let's, let's grind. So we've just maintained for three months in Q1. We've primed our body to lose fat. Q2, we spend losing fat. We, we actively diet throughout that entire 12-week period. And then Q3 is the summer. We got barbecues. We got social events. We got trips. We're, we're drinking on the weekends. We're doing things. Hot weather. <laughs> it's hot weather. We want to be looking good in our bikini or, or shirtless or whatever it may be. But we also want to have flexibility. Yeah. Perfect time for maintenance. Yeah. So we slowly increase calories, usually doing it in a – and we'll talk about this on the weekly, monthly perspective in a sec – a uh, undulating fashion to where you're not just, okay, let's bring all of our calories up because we know we'll probably gain a little weight, but rather let's have certain days of the week that we have higher calories. Those are the days you go on barbecues. Those are the days you go on a cruise, you go on a trip, whatever it may be, and you have more flexibility. And then Q4 hits, it's winter, right? Now we've gone through, through summer. We're in like fall, winter time, um, November, October, December. We got holidays. We're shirtless. We're t- keeping our shirt on 24/7. We're probably in the gym, but we're not outside walking a bunch. We're not doing neat. So now is a perfect time. Like, let's be okay with gaining a little bit of weight, mm-hmm. but make sure it's good weight. Yeah. Slowly increase your calories. Spend some time in a slight surplus. Build muscle, whether you're male or female, or you're performance driven. Doesn't matter. Stay as lean as you can, but be okay with some weight gain. Try to build muscle. By the time you get to Q1 again, we've gained some muscle. We can maintain for a little bit, and you repeat. So now I've just taken this whole year, instead of signing up for a fucking 12-week diet program, I'm signing up for a yearly periodized coaching program. That's a plug yeah. because that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but even for people that we don't work with for a year, right? Somebody does work for us for 12 weeks or six months. We're going to lay this Whatever off for them. Be. Yeah. yeah, because I want them to know like, hey, we're going to get you here in three months. When you're done with us, you're going to know what to do for the rest of the year. Like I stand by that because that's what coaching is. It's teaching. It's not... I'm going to get you here and then say peace yeah. and you don't know what the fuck to do and you gain weight afterwards. And I hate that. And that's what a lot of coaching, bad coaching programs yeah. or templates do. Um, nonetheless, not even coaching, not <laughs> even coaching. It's not. Yeah. Um, in fact, the definition of a coach, it actually stems from, I, I believe the French language. Um, it's, it's a carriage that gets you to your destination. So it's literally like a, a track, one track path to mm-hmm. where you want to be. In fact, that's why coach purses have the little carriage on it. That's a coach. It takes you from point A to point B. But you got to, like, the way I look at it is, like, when you're in that carriage, you're going slow, you're looking at the scenery, you're memorizing the path, you understand the map, right? Good coaching does that. Gets you from point A to point B while teaching you the way to go. Damn. So when you get back to it on your own later, you know exactly what path to go down. Touche. Fucking mic drop. Yeah. But I got a headset, so I can't drop it. That's sick. Um, That's really cool. Love that. Yeah. I, I actually, you know what's funny is I tried to put that in my speech at the Impact Collective but I made on my PowerPoint, I made, there's like that notes section, speaker's notes and their computer wouldn't show me my notes. Yeah. So I didn't have any notes to do my speech. So I just went off, off the cuff, but, um, which it worked out well, Yeah. but, but periodization. Um, and so like, we're going to touch on more than just fat loss, but if we look at periodization for any goal, I think it's actually the exact same. Yeah. Periodization from a yearly standpoint is looking at Quarter by quarter, you have four quarters per year, and sometimes it's maybe it's three phases, maybe it's four <laughs> phases, maybe it's even six phases, and you're going in quicker phases. The point is, is you're looking at a year, you're kind of having a bird's eye view uh, from thirty thousand feet, and you're seeing. I don't think birds fly that high, but you're seeing 
what you need to do throughout the year. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that would be yearly periodization. Gotcha. And I know I said, you know, explain periodizing for fat loss, but, and you say you're going to explain more, but I'm assuming, can you explain periodizing for muscle growth? Yeah. So with muscle growth, mm-hmm. actually this one actually does, it, it does change a little bit in the sense of if your goal is muscle growth, you might not have a full 12 week period of fat loss. And one thing I actually should point out too is if we look at how I broke that down, it was maintenance, fat loss, maintenance, muscle growth. Yep. That's three months out of the year that you're losing fat. Most people assume like oh, I want to lose weight. The majority of my year should be dieting, but it's not the case. If you do that, you will be wrecked. Yep. So if you do things right, you spend less time dieting, more time sustaining it, right? And I think that's huge. But with muscle growth, it's the same thing. So maybe Q1 – we're building muscle. We're in a little surplus. Q2, we might actually split that in half. We might spend six weeks doing a mini cut. Mm-hmm. So we've gone 12 weeks in Q1 trying to build muscle. We put on some fat in that process because we're eating more food. We're doing less cardio. We're trying to build. You're going to build a little fat. After 12 weeks of that, you've successfully gained muscle strength. You know you're bigger, but you want to tighten up a little bit, lose some fat, make sure you show your definition, um, improve insulin sensitivity and health. So we spend six weeks doing a mini cut. This is where we chop 20 to 30% of calories. It's very aggressive, but you cut hard. You cut for six weeks. It's not long enough to physiologically hurt yourself um, health-wise, but it's enough to shave off some unwanted weight. Yeah. After six weeks, you go right to maintenance. So notice I went from gaining, so surplus, to mini cut, to maintenance. Not back to gaining, but to maintenance. Because what you want to understand here is if you go from mini cut right to surplus, you're f- more likely to gain that bad weight back that you just lost, making it pointless, right? What did you just do the mini cut for? Rather, if I go from mini cut to maintenance, I'm more likely to maintain the lean physique I created while bringing my calories up high enough to start improving performance again. Yeah. So I go from cut to six weeks of mini cut, six weeks of maintenance. That's two quarters. After that six-week maintenance, I go back to a muscle growth phase for 12 full weeks and I repeat. So with a muscle growth periodization on a yearly perspective, it might be 12 weeks bulking, six weeks cutting, six weeks maintaining, repeat. And you can do that year after year, yeah. right? And it's just repeating cycles. So it's basically building, shaving off on one fat, maintaining the lean physique with the more muscle you built from that 12-week period, and then rinsing and repeating. And you can do that all year. You say rinsing? Rinse and repeat. So just like repeat the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we look at, again, going back to the analogy of like a coach and like why that's important, you spend six months with somebody and you take them through a gaining phase, a cutting phase and a maintenance phase, you've done your job. You don't need to coach them for five years. You just say, Hey, what we literally just did worked. Do it again. You don't need to pay me. You don't need to invest in me. You don't need to invest in anybody. You can do this yourself as long as you can hold yourself accountable. Now when we consider training totally different ball game because sometimes it helps to have somebody write your programs over time. Yep. But with dieting, it's like really cool because we can teach somebody this process in six months, get crazy results, and then say, hey, go do this. They can come back to us in two years, bigger, better, leaner, and, and happier because they're understanding that yeah. process. Um, so, again, yearly periodization from a muscle perspective, that's, that's basically how you'd break it down. Um, I know we had a note for, for sport as well, and I actually think sport's almost too specific to discuss on the podcast because if we look at NFL – NBA, MLS, fighters. Fighters are probably the most difficult um, because it's so sporadic. There is no season. It's yeah. like, when do you have a fight? Yeah. Um, 
and how many fights do you have this year? It's different. Um, CrossFit used to be easier because it used to be like off season, open regionals games kind of thing. Now they have like so many different events, so many different sanctioned events and things that you can do to make it to the games that you're basically fucking in season all year to, to, unless you're like to the point where you're in the games and then you kind of get, uh, you can skip some steps or you can do less events to get there. Um, but a lot of people have to compete like a ton in order to get to the highest level. So it makes it harder. Okay. But the reason we, it's too specific is, is really like what we're looking at inside of nutritional periodization for sport. When is your off season? When is your preseason? When is your in season? And when is your postseason? Um, for an NFL player, that's easy because yeah. it's clear when off season is preseason is during the season and then postseason. And there's a break postseason. And then there's accumulation phase for off season. You, it's easy to phase that. Yeah. And you have that schedule so we can start the year and, and map it out. Same with NBA, same with MLS. Same time every year. Same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, UFC fighters are a lot harder. You can't always know exactly when all your fights are. So you have to kind of shrink that yearly. Um, you can have an idea per year, but it's more about like how can we fuel performance and recovery 24-7. It's okay. just all the time. Um, and CrossFit's getting that way as well. It used to be easier. Um, sometimes CrossFitters can have – they can just – like I know crossers that will take a break. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm purposely taking off season for a while from competing because I need to re repair my body. And in that sense, it like the best advice I can give is as training volume lowers, carb consumption lowers, postseason, you should probably increase fats, lower carbs and lower training volume. Um, lower carbs for a competitive crossfitter is still pretty high, but getting more fats to just create more metabolic flexibility and to repair any physiology that needs those fats to support neurological or hormonal processes. Um, and then just ramping carbs up as volume accumulates for sure and you're just kind of and that one's really important like with those athletes it's nutrition training and stress for life has to all sync and periodize together um but yeah like from a yearly perspective now if we go back to fat loss like i definitely want to cover this i don't think this applies to muscle growth mm -hmm. um or sport as much but like that whole weekly monthly model <laughs> yep um the reason it doesn't apply to those as much like if you're trying to build muscle you eat more calories. I don't want you having low days. The only time I ever have somebody have a low day on a gaining phase is on a rest day. If when they have, say, when you say low day, so, um, like low calories, low calories. Okay, yeah. Okay. Or low carbs. Well, both. Essentially. Yeah. Um, but the only way I would do that is if somebody is trying to build serious amount of muscle and we're trying to cram calories down and they have past history of gut issues, mm -hmm. then I probably would have a low day because a low day is going to help them just ease their digestion, yep. improve insulin sensitivity, so on and so forth. Um, but with fat loss, periodization goes from that yearly to that monthly to that weekly, kind of to a daily. If we look at daily periodization of your macros, it's like, okay, how many carbs do we have to play with? Cool. When are we having those carbs? Are we having them in the morning? Are we having them at night? Are we spacing them evenly? Are we only putting them around the workout? Are we doing intra-workout carbs? Um, which I'm not going to dive too much into daily periodization of, uh, of nutrition because that'd be an hour-long podcast yeah. by itself. But if we look at a weekly, monthly model, this is where we implement diet breaks and refeeds. So refeed is a single day where we increase calories to maintenance via carbohydrates, usually keeping protein and fat the same. Um, and the, the goal with this is to replenish glycogen, so muscle fuel, um, and uh, which is going to help performance and recovery in the gym temporarily because obviously you replenish glycogen, you feel better for a few days, and then you deplete it again because you're in a diet. Yep. And then you got to do it again. Um, but you can't do it again too soon because then you're not spending enough time in a deficit to lose weight. So you're doing once a week, you're having a high carb day. Once every other week, you're having a high carb day. Um, the other benefit of this is psychological. It's a day that you get more food and you can kind of not feel like you're dieting. Yeah. Um, a two-day refeed is 48 hours straight. 
this is going to be useful for the same purposes I just explained with a one-day refeed. However, it's also going to help with putting the pause button on diet fatigue um, and physiological fatigue. So, and the reason I say pause button, because a lot of people think that if you do two refeed days back to back, you're going to reverse metabolic adaptation. Not the case. You're still in a deficit way more than you're at maintenance. And because of that, you are going to have some form of metabolic adaptation. Um, and it's not something you should be afraid of. Metabolic adaptation is just a process. It's not metabolic damage. Yeah. It can be reversed. It can be fixed. Um, it's, it's, you're not broken. It's just a period of time where your body slows down its processes because it's taken in less food. Metabolic adaptation is going to happen. So we have metabolic adaptation happen. We introduce a two-day refeed every uh, – some people can do it every week. Um, more, it's usually better off every like 10 to 14 days, um, sometimes even like – 21 days every three weeks, mm. but it's two days where we just put the pause button. Those two days, you have enough calories to slow down that metabolic adaptation. So if we look at a 12 week period of dieting, if, if somebody did a one day refeed every uh, week or a two day refeed every like 10 days, even though they're refeeding less often, they're refeeding for longer each refeed period. And therefore they're having more of an effect on slowing metabolic adaptation down. There's less negative effects happening. Now, a three-day refeed is 72 hours or more. So this is where we have three, sometimes up to five, or even like a full week off dieting. That is where we're bringing our calories up to maintenance the same way, but we are taking a break from dieting, and it's actually reversing metabolic adaptation. Gotcha, yeah. So when we actually reverse this process of metabolic adaptation, um, we are actually doing more than just slowing it down, right? We're not just saying, hey, like, stop. Stop wrecking my body for a couple days. We're actually saying, like, okay, Two days in, we stopped the process. Day three, we're still refitting. We're starting to improve the process. For sure. Day four, five, even better, we're improving it more. So if somebody has a longer timeline to lose weight, if somebody's more focused on keeping performance or muscle mass during a diet, I'm much more likely to say, hey, we're going to be taking full week-long diet breaks, like seven straight days at maintenance. And this is going to happen every three to four weeks, let's say. Um, and you can even do it every two weeks. Um, but my point with all this is once you understand a refeed day, multi-day refeed, which is two days, and then a diet break, which is three or more days, now we can say, okay, what does this look on a, like on a weekly or monthly basis? And how are we using this to benefit our long-term result? So if I have only 12 weeks and I have an extreme goal, I might not use full uh, diet breaks because I have a timeline, I have a deadline, I want to get there fast. So I might say, hey, some metabolic adaptation is going to happen. I'm okay with that. I just want to get cut. Yep. Um, for somebody who has 20 weeks or maybe they have 12 weeks, but we know we're going to be working together for the year and there's going to be another fat loss phase soon or something. I might say, Hey, we're going to, or we might split up the yearly to be like, Hey, we're going to spend eight weeks dieting, four weeks maintaining, and then eight weeks dieting again. Mm -hmm. So now I stretched out that one quarter to almost two quarters long, um, of dieting. But nonetheless, we break this down into a weekly or a monthly period by saying, okay, we're going to do either a, a weekly refeed or a biweekly two-day refeed or a bi-weekly five-day diet break, or maybe we're doing every fourth week or every third week is a diet break. So we go two full weeks in a deficit, one full week at maintenance, two full weeks in a deficit, one full week at a maintenance. So once we understand our yearly periodization, our goal, and we boil that down to what we're going to do in this quarter, we actually might adjust that yearly plan if that's a better path, because we can spend two quarters dieting instead of one quarter if we're using these diet breaks as as I'm mentioning. Um, and that's much more of a lifetime lifestyle perspective because we don't have a deadline to get cut, right? But the point with this is this, this weekly and monthly periodization model for fat loss is basically implementing diet breaks and refeeds accordingly over the course of a month to make sure that we're 
pausing the effects or slowing down the effects of metabolic adaptation or um, not just delaying but actually reversing those metabolic adaptation effects. So um, that, that's really kind of like in a nutshell everything I wanted to go over today. But I think that as a whole, like for a conclusion for people to take away from this is you should be thinking about this. This is something that no matter if you're gen pop, if you're a teacher, if you're a CrossFitter, you're a parent, you work out three days a week, you work out six days a week, you should be periodizing your diet no matter what if you have a serious goal. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to lose weight, you just want to maintain, maybe you're already at your goal, you might not need to worry about this so much. But if you have a specific goal over the course of the next three months or 12 months, you need to consider periodization and you need to systemize your approach to dieting so that you can get to the result, you can prepare for your body, uh, so you can, you can prepare your body for the process mm -hmm. of getting to the result, you can get to the result more effectively and efficiently, then you can recover from the result, and last but not least, you can sustain that result. Before I let you go, I just wanna say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.